Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm know sure what somebody's they call written it? that one. with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice at my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, <laughs> how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john jd that intro is a lot shorter i can't run and go pee when that thing plays <laughs> or get coffee or fill your drink it's yeah. also what i've been using for the last few weeks but you've been running in late <laughs> this is true this is true so the thing is i've explained it before and i'll explain it again that the old intro the music from it was i got it from a royalty free site but every time we go live after the video uploads it gets marked a copyright so it, it doesn't matter at some point somebody will copyright that too because that's just YouTube's wonderful way of... But that's me. That's me. I wrote that. That's me playing the guitar. Yes. And people someone's, played original Someone's claiming it. Yeah. Yeah. People <laughs> have played original pieces and gotten claimed. That's then the, I will that's fight That's the game. It. I don't complain about the other one. And it's, it's funny because it's just claimed and they're saying this, it won't affect your channel or anything. And it's okay. But once we get to the point where we can make money, I don't want to risk it. In 2030. Yeah. <laughs> If someone claims the, the what my original piece, then I will fight. Anyway, how's everyone doing? <laughs> How are you, John? Just got off of a, a week um, spending it with my nephew. Worked from home all week. Watched lots of cool movies. And nothing inappropriate in case his parents are watching. And uh, <laughs> he made me pancakes. We made we baked a bunch of cookies. Gave them out to some people in the neighborhood. I had a fairly nice week actually sounds like a very norman rockwell wholesome kind of week i also had to work you need so a little he... debauchery now no we just started a new minecraft server that kept him busy for a... <sighs> well that kept him busy for two days he's already got a villager trading hall for crying out loud i have no idea how he does it anyway <laughs> All right. that's yeah that's me jd how are you boy <laughs> i like that <laughs> intro nothing interesting to report over here his first day of school is tomorrow so I got to go Ooh. back to work with the, the plebeians. No school, no kids, just three days worth of meetings. And then we get kids on Thursday. So, yeah, I completely turned it out last week. Didn't exercise a whole lot. Slept in a bunch just to hit the ground running tomorrow. It is what it is. Yeah. I saw a movie on Friday night. What'd you see? Yeah. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Oh, everybody keeps telling me I should see that. Freaking loved it. Huh. I absolutely loved it. You posted about that too. It was, it's, it took itself seriously. So it wasn't like a cheesy horror movie, but it was like a fun, it was like alien on a boat. That's the best way to describe it. Okay. Wasn't like that a ghost lot? ship? Ghost ship was like, almost. never saw that one. But this is based on a single chapter in the, the Bram Stoker's Dracula novel 
right? Because right. it's all diary entries. This is the diary entry of the captain of the boat that Dracula comes over on because he's got to get all his dirt from England or from Transylvania to England. So this is that this is basically a blown up version of that one chapter. But that one chapter had so much room to tell a good story. And I think they did. I liked it. And I like that Dracula was a disgusting creature in this movie, which is how I prefer my vampires. Gross and icky, not sexy because they're predators. They're trying to kill you, not love you. So that was my yeah, not non sparkly. <laughs> yes, I prefer my vampires to not sparkle. And it's not even fair. It's not even to it's not even to people who like Twilight and stuff. That's a lot of people choose to have their vampires like all seductive and I'm, I'm here to talk to you and know this. I don't know why I did that voice, but I just I like my vamp because like you read Dracula, he is not that. He is a foul, disgusting monster, mm-hmm. and I prefer him to be that way. So this was it hit me in all my right horror nods. So I liked it. Big well, fan. There is a thriving juggernaut of werewolf and vampire, let's say, romance novels out there. They are. Like, it's an entire genre, Mm -hmm. so. Paranormal romance, it's called. Yeah, and they make boku bucks off of it. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. If I was at all flexible with my creativity, I would have tried my hand at it. I I told my wife I'm going to try that, and she goes, you write a romance novel? (laughs) And walked away. (laughs) So I took that as a, I probably shouldn't try that so <laughs> that was my week. Dave, how about you? <laughs> as long as you don't prefer your women as disgusting creatures, I think you're fine. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I was, it was interesting. So my company laid off 10% of their workforce. Ooh. And, uh, At least they didn't blow up this time. They didn't lay off any engineers, which is weird. Like usually all the software developers are the, usually the word of the department hit the most because Software developers tend to make more than other people. So if you can let go of one software developer and save two people in another department, that's usually the numbers game. So I was shocked. Okay. But that just means one's never going to be up is the thought that went through my head. Yeah. So we do a lot of, we get paid by Medicaid and they change some of their rules at the beginning of this year, Medicare and Medicaid. And so we're a we provide services like transportation and stuff like that. And those things, like there are things that they're not going to pay for anymore. That means we lost 3% of our revenue in stream. So it was like, and they told us at the beginning of the year and we all kept saying, okay, how's this going to affect us? And they're like, ah, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. So yeah, the normies, we all knew this was coming. There are people who've been through this before. That's what I mean. But on a better note, I went to a concert this weekend where I literally thought it was Friday. Karen and I went to dinner. Then we went over. It was at the Keswick. And we get in line and they go and the, everything's on your phone now. So they scan the ticket on my phone and they and it's not scanning. And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, you have to go to the box office. And there was a line in front of the box office. And I get up there and the woman takes it. and She looks at it and she looks at me and she goes, honey, these tickets are for extreme. And I'm like, yeah, that's tomorrow night. Extreme is oh, in more than words. Yes. Dementia's kicking in early there, huh, old man? Um, it's funny because I felt really bad because Karen rearranged a lot of her schedule to be able to go on Friday. So we went back to her house. I spent the night there. Uh, we did a couple. I helped her do some errands on Saturday. Then we went to dinner again and went to the concert. And it was good. It was really good. Living Color opened up for them. And then, yeah, they have a new album out called Six. And so they're on tour promoting that. And uh, yeah, it was good. It's really good. They played all their hits, of course. And uh, they're an interesting band. Like, I didn't realize they broke up in the 
late 90s because New New Bentoncourt went into a solo career. And then after that's when Gary Schroen joined Van Halen for Van Halen, a short yeah. while. For a worst, short while. The worst Van Halen album ever was that one. I can't remember the name of the title of the album he was it on. It was just three. It was Van Halen. Oh, it was three. three. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. And uh, yeah. And it's funny because he's, it's when he left the band, it was, they said it was a mutual, amicable thing. Like, there was no bad blood, but he's come out and said it was terrible the whole time. Like they didn't mesh, and he, they made him feel like an outsider the whole time. So, yeah. Talk about Van when he was with Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. That's a Sammy Hagar was there for over a decade and had the same things to say. The yeah. Eddie Eddie Van Halen is an addict, man. They're they're hard people. They were hard people to live with. Rest in peace, Eddie. Like Michael Anthony I mean, is one of the most inoffensive human beings in the world. They kicked him out. I've been watching a. A documentary on YouTube about Van Halen. It's mainly around that time period, 1984, and it's fascinating. They started attacking Michael Anthony for no reason, and like it's funny. Like everyone in the music business say he's the most even-tempered, yeah. nicest guy you'd ever meet, and like all of a sudden they were like, "Why is he getting a quarter of the royalties? He doesn't really write anything." So they were like, they wanted to take away all of his royalties. They said like even stuff that he had already. <laughs> signed off on so it's like him well, and roth yeah david lee roth or david yeah david lee, david lee roth and eddie and alex van halen you're talking about massive egos oh, right yeah. and they bring hagar and hagar is also pretty much a laid back dude you can tell because michael anthony still plays with sammy hagar yep so who is the problem here and then it's nice because hagar said that him and eddie van halen kind of repatched things toward yeah, the end of toward eddie's the life end. Yep. which is good but wolfgang sounds like he's a pretty good guitar player he is yeah. Yeah. Amadeus? Wolfgang Van sorry. Halen. Oh. Yeah, it's a shame because like <laughs> you hear all these stories. He was such a massive talent and just, just had too many issues. That, Demons, you know. my friend. Demons. Yep. God, that sounds like almost every other artist out there. Yeah. I mean Yeah. Yeah. To be creative is to have other issues. That imposter syndrome rears its ugly head. Oh yeah. You don't hear that. Boy, that guy's a genius and also really nice. Like I said, doesn't <laughs> you don't hear that. Terribly yeah, it's funny because you even hear that about like Mozart. Yeah. Like there are stories about him being like a real jerk. Did so. you see Amadeus? Yeah. Yeah. Jerk. <laughs> yeah, but that was my week. So again, like I said, got bad news, but ended on a good note. Watching Gary Sharon at 62 jumping around the stage, Karen turned to me and said, We gotta get in better shape. <laughs> How after all those years of they've done drugs. They live the rocks lifestyle. How are they that healthy at that age? I do not get it. I don't know. Look at me. I, I and the other one, Keith Richards. Oh, they God, buy the fine. Keith. He buys the finest of the fines. Spends a small fortune on drugs. You know, it's the cleanest. Gary Schroen's not the guy you hear like a lot of those kind of like rock and roll lifestyle stories about. So There's it's possible a, he just flew under radar. I don't know. I saw an article. Not like it's funny. I was reading some stuff about them before we went to the show, and there was an article that came out a couple of years ago. Where they were, the two of them, New Bedford and Gary Schirmer, were talking about like when they first started and like just the excess of drugs and sex and things were being thrown at them. The whole <laughs> rock star lifestyle. Funny story. That's a problem today too. Being stuff being thrown. But go ahead. Okay. <laughs> you no, know, lots of people, lots of artists are on stage and they're having people throw, oh, throw shit at them. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah, mean literally? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Quite literally. Yeah. And it's becoming a problem. Like. Mm -hmm. Real but problem. it's funny, and, and I think it probably still goes on today. There's this whole mentality with record labels, keep them drugged up and happy, and then you can steal money from them. So. Pretty much. 
Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So that's uh, uh, super music speak. <laughs> oh, when it's anime, you're fine. When we do an anime <laughs> diatribe, you're going to have no problem with that happening. Anime is close to, there are superheroes in anime. <laughs> I, I think actually the way these, some of these musicians lived in, they're still alive. They're more like superhuman anyway. So probably True. a metagene or two in there for them. Not a lot of social media this week, but I felt I had to include this one because <laughs> we haven't heard from him in a little while. Of course, we talked about Gal Gadot and all the weird back and forth, her saying that she was working on the, uh, Wonder Woman 3, and then sources say that's not true and whatnot. And, and our good friend, Tim Jones, said, but was she wearing the lasso of truth when she said it? I wonder. Tower Grace, ladies and gentlemen, available in finer newspapers across the country. <laughs> the DCU is becoming more and more crazy. Like No, it isn't. Nobody, no, we're, nobody we're, knows what's going on. No. Done with that. We're done with Ezra Miller. We're becoming less. No, no we're done. By the day. We're, we're, we're done. We're done with the DCEU. That's fair. But the DCU, nobody knows what's going on. Gal Gadot says she that she's still in. James Gunn says she's not. The, no, is, that's is, the whole thing we talked about. James Gunn hasn't come out and said anything one way or the other. Mm-hmm. These are yeah. sources within but it was, but it, was, it was only like a day or two ago they said it's all rumor. He, some guy they haven't said, said anything about her. Some guy who said someone who knows something said it's a rumor. DC yeah. has, Warner hasn't said a word, mainly because they're dealing with a strike. A couple of strikes, actually. That's why nothing is coming also, out about anything. I also feel like maybe they did have a conversation, but they're not sure. And it's if fans bite and then the strike ends, they're going to go, oh, yeah, that, that was our plan from the beginning. Yeah, that, this stuff is all... Everything is Schrodinger's project right now, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it is yeah. and it isn't at the same time. Because until we have some closure on all this stuff, everything is and nothing is. Yep. I'm including this in social media madness because I saw it on Facebook. I shared it and tagged you, JD. And and then John shared it over in our Discord. Author discovers AI-generated counterfeit books written her name on Amazon. And the most interesting thing about this was... Amazon at first, I've heard since then they've changed course, but at first refused to remove the counterfeit books saying like she couldn't prove copyright or something like that. Because she did, she hadn't copyrighted her name. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. That was it. They hadn't copy. She hadn't copyrighted her name. Most authors probably don't because they're not like Stephen King. Yeah. So trademark. trademark. So So she didn't trademark her name because she didn't have a trademark. They wouldn't do anything. Yeah, because you can't really, because there's a million, like you can't trade, like it's hard. You can trade, but you can't count. Like, it's Stephen hard. King if mm-hmm. you're Stephen King, because you have to prove that you are a guy, right? right? Like you are like the trademark. You're worthy of that. And most right. like independent authors on Amazon, even the really yeah. successful ones, don't have that kind of platform where you can compare yourself to Stephen King. King has it. I need it too. And so they just put a name, you just put a book out with their name on it. Is it crappy? Yeah. The good news is that it's probably not making you any money. It's probably not making the person who put any money because those AI books are bad, right? They don't make yeah. sense. They're not, people aren't enjoying them. Like I just read a thing that chat GBT is going broke. Open AI, you guys see that? Yeah, that just came out today, I think. It costs 700 mm. grand a day to run the machines. So they're losing, and they're losing money hand over fist. But that's not a good thing because that means that instead of having an independent company like making gains in, in the AI realms. And from what they've said, having a conscience, because they've basically been telling Congress, hey, we need some regulation on this. 
Mm-hmm. The people that are going to be left so, in the market are Google and Facebook. What's no? What it's really going to mean is they'll put an API. They do have an API. They're they'll just start putting it where you have to pay for the API going forward. Like the average right. person won't be able to use it anymore, and it'll be businesses now grabbing it and using it in their software. And then that's where the ethical questions, like what businesses are using it. The bigger problem is the ethics in developing it. At least OpenAI was telling Congress, hey, we, we need, my, we need right. some, to get ahead of this. We need regulation on this. Google and, and Facebook, they're going to fight against any regulation on it until the bombs drop, basically, because they'll be making money up until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 Drew. Exactly. Making, Drew, making, making money six-finger hand over fist. <laughs> yep because ai cannot draw hands <laughs> so i got this new book that i'm playing with right i'm writing it's got this giant wrestling term in it and i wanted to have some art made up for it so i was playing around I'll just see what i can do with ai and just playing around seeing what i can do with it what's up rusty so i just playing around with it. the results are really good when you look at it at first right you're like wow this uh-huh. is cool and then you then go look devolves. at but yeah then you look at it, i'm like this guy's nose is on 90 is 90 degrees in the wrong direction. Like I zoomed in and it's completely turned on the right angle because both the nostrils were this way. And it was hilarious. Like it's crazy how this stuff works. But like you said, John, this is the worst it's ever going to be. Yeah. And it's only good. And it's the same thing goes for if you have it, write a paper or a book. Like at first it sound, I I watched a guy on YouTube who um, had it because it's hard to know what all the scientists are doing working on new types of nuclear plants or nuclear generation. So he used ChatGPT and a couple of others to try and put together a new nuclear engine, hoping that the services would be able to pull from research he didn't even know about. And at first, when you read it, this is science fiction, this might actually work. And then you get into the details of it. It's it's pulling from papers that are like junk science. It's pulling from papers that were pulled. It's it's just, it's all crap. So so in in academics or education circles, we're talking about how there's a professor, I forget what university he was at, who actually ran his students' papers through ChatGPT and failed his whole class because he said they plagiarized up ChatGPT. Turned out. The AI lied because chat GBT will lie. So they had not yep. done that. And the chat bot said, oh, yeah, no, I made that up. Like, they, this is the ultimate unreliable narrator. There, there was a lawyer who used chat GPT to, to write a couple of, I guess, his rebuttals for the next day. I, I forget it was. I think it was a defense lawyer. And it came up with imaginary case law. It's like citing this case exists. Citing this I, case doesn't exist, <laughs> and, and and he got no, a lot of trouble. That's wild. Scary, here's the scary part. I know companies that want to be able to say use this for a virtual doctor, but what if they pull a study that like is wrong or is dis, dis, uh, count it for some reason, and they say, oh yeah, you've got X, Y, or Z, and you don't, and they treat you for something. Yeah, like yeah. But Dave, that's not the company's you, problem. Exactly. So this uh, is this is Dave. I don't know if you're going through this. Probably not, considering the new situation. But Metapause? I am being. It, ooh, hey, that wasn't my burn. But uh, first thing at my work, they are floating and actually trialing using AI to write code and write test cases. It ain't gonna go well. Like, they, you've already got the people that are, like, doing raw. This is great. I've saved so much time. 
I can't wait to see the code. I haven't seen it yet, but I highly doubt I it's going to be any good. I find the issue with that is because the people who want to jump on this early in the stage of it, the jump on the bandwagon this quick is, no, if you create a system where you can say, here are the rules, here's our coding rules, and here's what we want it to do. And if AI can follow those rules. Exactly. But that's the thing, right? Right now, if you just say, write a method that does this, it's just going to pull code from the internet and... It doesn't matter if it's right and or wrong. And they'll pull it from a site that says, don't ever do this. This is a perfect right. example of why you will get pwned when you release this. And it's just our higher-ups are seeing the same dollar signs that the, the studios are seeing. We can get rid of a bunch of people and make money, make more money, because we need that fourth yacht. I like Drew's comment because this is related to the medical thing. You have xenomorph. <laughs> yeah, a case of, you have a bad case of xenomorph. It's like a really bad heartburn. I never, this is from Classy, I never once used ChatGPT, especially on essays, papers, because it is easy after writing it so many times. I agree with that. I think with writing, you write really good in college, you get good at writing a five-page paper. I was telling one of my high school Mm. seniors that, they're like, oh, you got to write all the time. I said, it gets easy. Freshman year, you get into a rhythm of it, and then after all, you can get up for class an hour early and just knock out a five-page paper, turn it in. Especially after you learn how to do two and a half spacing between the lines and you open up the kerning a bit. So yeah. courier, courier new 12-point font. Yeah, you learn all yeah. the tricks. Yeah. So anyway, back to the actual original topic. You made a good point, JD, that you can't copyright your or trademark oh, yeah. your name. But what do we think? Is there a way to prevent this in the future? It doesn't even matter. Like, I could write a book and, and say it's you and, and put it up there. This is a kind mm-hmm. of Even scale. if I don't use a, 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 AI. But if I just they- write a book and say I'm JD... Oliva and put it on Amazon. Here's the thing though, that only matters. It matters to me if you do that. But like in the grand scheme of things, I'm not losing money if you put out a book with my name on it. Like I don't have enough of a following that'll go flocking. And if I do, the people who do follow my books, they follow me. I'm gonna say, hey, man, I'm me. Go somewhere else. If yeah, you try it, if you're that money though, but they're not gonna. Those people aren't gonna buy it anyway. No, yeah, but they're out. They're out that. They've, they're out that they, money. That's the problem. The scammer has already gotten his money. That's the whole point. Yeah, but that's and it's realistically in the grand scheme of things, a few hundred bucks, maybe a thousand bucks. Like it's not, it's not that bad of a thing. It's not that I say it's not that big of a deal. Is what I should say. It's something that's going to break anybody, right? So I'm losing money. I'm losing out on money, but I didn't do anything anyway. So it's, I have this weird thought on it. If you're Dean Koontz or something like that, then you have an army of lawyers that's going to take that down, right? To the right. person who. To a little bug, to a bug on the windshield like me, like someone claims to be me, it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I lose out on a couple right. bucks, maybe. You know? Yeah, yeah but they're it's more of a pride work, thing. They're working on economies of scale. They're working off of the same pattern that uh, scammers used for. Oh God, I don't know. Scammers uh, are going to for basic for YouTube takedowns for music, right? Mm-hmm. Just claim everything. You will make enough money off of that, and when you get shut down. Even you're probably somewhere in Uzbekistan and you get shut down. You just recreate an, another account and go back in and claim everything. Same thing with this there. If they do enough, if, and especially, okay, Dean Koontz is your, okay, they'll go in and do Dean Koontz, K O N T Z. And they'll get people who mistype his name and they'll buy it and he'll make enough. He'll be gone before they ever, before right. he's ever find him. And they'll just open up another. That's the thing, though. Like, plagiarism or putting names on documents that aren't yours has been happening since the 12th century. Like, scammers are going to scam. 
Like it's just the reality. Okay. I can't get myself all worked up over something that I know people are just going to do. You can't. Oh yeah. There's nothing. It's a scorpion, about, right? But it's a scorpion frog thing, right? I got stung by a scorpion. Well, it was a yeah. scorpion. Like that's the game you're in. It just, it's going to happen. All right. Now let's take it a step further. Let's just say someone does that, uses your name, puts a book out there. It does really well. And then all of a sudden there's a review in the New York times. Best horror movie horror novel in since stephen king first wrote it i didn't write it what are you gonna do about it you gotta be honest about it and say you didn't write it because someone because whoever did that is gonna be like nope i did that book it's this it's that it's a monkey's paw is what it is speaking of the horror cliches like i'm I'm gonna try to take credit for something that i didn't do that could very easily be proven that i didn't do it and i'm not making the money anyway because it doesn't go into my amazon account it goes into this fraudulent amazon account so i stand to gain nothing but a maybe an ego boost but not really i don't know man the the only problem with that scenario dave is that if they if it does turn out better than jd's which they'll obviously know it isn't because i don't die in it but but still if it did become popular how are they going to claim it because they used his name it gives the lawyers a target right it's that's it's the whole thing's a giant it's actually a great it's actually a great idea for a book now that i think about this now that we're going (laughs) through this there's a great there's a movie or something in this but what are you going to do you're going to make your money, but you can't, it's, you do it. one. You can get away with doing that on one time on one book. Like you said, John, it's an economy of skill. You can keep ripping people off and do it that way, but you're not going to get success. But that's the thing is if you're that kind of guy, you're not looking for success anyway. Yeah. So you'd have to it'd be like the producers, like you fell ass backwards into success. Yeah. And if you can, and the problem with it, I know it's been, you know, people have always been able to do it, but they haven't been able to say, Hey, chat GPT, give me a 250 word book and have it in like literally 10 seconds. That's the difference now. Yeah. But it is okay. But what is it's crap, but there's plenty, especially in Amazon. There are plenty of crappy books on Amazon. I've written some of them. There's tons of bad books floating around out there. Oh, I know. And, I found one. The, the pet God bear. I, I, I won't even mention the, the pet God author's bear. name. That's interesting. The, but that's the, the thing the, though. It, it, but that's the thing. <laughs> it's like crappy books have always been released. If you can make a good crappy book fast, great. No one's going to buy it. No one's going to buy it, especially yeah. on Amazon where everything revolves around reviews. So if you can fake a hundred reviews, it's a lot of effort. That's a lot of time and effort into doing something that's going to make net you maybe a few grand, especially if we talk about economy of scale, you don't make money as an independent author unless you have a back catalog, right? Like it's a complicated scheme to run. We're about classy says we're about to have AI online calls. Yeah, I believe that. Dave, yeah. we're fine. I'm having a stroke. Sorry, um, sorry. <laughs> Drew says people do have the same name. They do. People get brand yeah. confusion for reasons. Yeah, it is. That happens all the time. There's yeah. another writer. I saw there's another writer out there named JD Oliva who's done some stuff like a decade. And I go, oh, they me. What am I going to do? Get mad at a guy who wrote a book 10 years ago? That sucks if your name is Stephen King and you want to write. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> that's a problem. Ah, all right. We're going to. That is all the social media madness for this week. But here's our good friend. God. Don? What? Don. I almost said Drew. I don't know what's going on. I've heard our good friend Don to tell you how you can follow us on social media and be part of social media madness. How's the show going? You join it? Do you want to be part of social media madness? And go ahead and head over to superherospeak.com where you can find all the social links, episodes of the show, you can find comic reviews by Chris and other articles. We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, So Wizard, and Superhero Speak. 
hashtag GW All-Stars, and you will not be disappointed. So make sure that you are engaging with the Superhero Speak Twitter post whenever they come up. Give us your best comment, and you may make JD say this. I get so I- tired of these <laughs> dumb motherfuckers. I- All right, it's back to the show. The, the motherfuckers, the dumb ones, they get me. Thanks for that, Don. And John just sent a put, put a comment says join our Discord. I just put a link in the chat in the comments to yeah, our I think Discord. That, I, the, the, the link, link that is our... the link in our description is wrong. I will correct that after we're done here. But yes, you should join our Discord because sometimes John posts stuff on there and JD's never on there. So you know, good place. <laughs> tell, tell I hate us what you. I hate Discord. All of it. Really? Oh, it's the mo- I, it's no, I, like it's the best one out hate, there that I know of at this point. Hate. It means you have to interact with people. All, oh no! Nobody said you had to interact with people. <laughs> we just have the we have the host lounge for us. They you don't have to go into the. I general. could just message you something. Like I don't need a place to do that. I can just send it. I have your email. Do you know what? The other thing is, while these everyone's here, if they're not, they should hit that subscribe button. Click that bell for notifications for when you know we go live. And if you can, put a like on this video. Give us a comment. It helps with the algorithm. Pushes us up. Gets us recommended. We highly appreciate it. Help us manipulate the algorithm like everybody yes. else. <laughs> yes. Or go into the and tell us what over. you want to talk about. Tell, tell us go. what you guys want to talk about. All right. Or tell on us how handsome note, we are. <laughs> on that note, we'll take a quick commercial break and be right back with some. Some podcasts are like this. My day is 6 a.m. to noon, and I'm not crazy. You're crazy for thinking it takes 24 hours, just like some dude in a cave did 300 years ago. My second day starts at noon and goes till 6 p.m. That's day two. And then the next day is 6 p.m. to midnight. What I've done now is I have changed and manipulated time. I now get 21 days a week. Stack that up over a month, I'm going to kick your butt. Mm. Stack it up over a year, you're toast. Stack it up over five years, my entire life is different. And some podcasts are like this. You'll get a bank. What is a bank? What is also a bank? A river river bank. bank. Right. And what does the river bank do? It controls the flow. The flow of what? The flow of the current. The currency. So if it's controlling the currency, it's also controlling the what? The flow. The flow of what? The cash flow. So what? Money moves like water. So if I understand where the water is going to go, I just have to position myself where the cash flow is going to be next, and I will get wet. Welcome to the Big Leagues, mother. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Little background on this cat. Yes, he was in Spy Kids, but also yeah. he was on this TV show called Fantasy Island. I remember that. And he was still doing that TV show by the time this movie was out. So he was trying to like not be sensual Latino old zaddy. He was trying to go back into like murder mode, but he was having a very hard time. So he had to rewatch his episode like a billion times to tone it down. That's what the okay. Was like, I still feel like he didn't succeed. <laughs> No, it's still sensual and like, I will, so sensual. I will destroy you. Oh, my old friend. Oh, oh how I wish burn. to lay in your lap as you do. Oh, I wish to take you by the throat and throttle you. Throttle you. I will push my fingers into your eye sockets and oh, be inside of you. <laughs> Double penetration you with my Double thumb. penetrate you. 
You are now listening to Cult 45. This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. Where do they find these people? I was like, every week, I lose more and more faith in humanity because of the Cult 45 commercials. Not because they're bad, but because they're amazing. And Randy, who's not with us this week, goes above and beyond to find the dumbest of motherfuckers to put in his commercials. This dude, I have three days a week. I have three times, three days a day. I have two things about that commercial. I love people who like. I hate people who talk like say weird things and think they're smarter than ever. They mm-hmm. figured out some great conspiracy or secret. I have a life hack. That's my favorite mm-hmm. one. I've yeah. hacked life. I've had a life hack. I stay up from midnight or 6 a.m. to midnight every day and then sleep for six hours. And I'm getting so much more done than you'll ever get. What? And then the I need is this crack cocaine. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the next day. The next guy, I just need to be where the money is. And Gangster's Paradise is playing in the back. Come on. Epic. And that dude, I don't know which guy thinks he's more of a genius. Douchebag A or douchebag B. (laughs) And then. Oh, Lord. But the other thing, funny thing about that is Rathacon, Star Trek 2. Which, first off, I listened to that episode and those guys made, they made me feel old when they talked about Ricardo Montalban being in Spy Kids and not being like, oh, yeah, Fantasy Island. I grew up watching Fantasy Island. But the interesting thing, like, it's considered, like, the best or one of the best Star Trek movies, right? Ever. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what the funny yeah. thing about that movie is? Think about it. Picard and Kirk and Kirk. Khan are never in the in same room together. To get, yep. same room to get because he was recording Fantasy Island while they were doing the movies. He just did all his stuff on the set. He was in the ship for most of it. A couple and a couple scenes in the lab on the planet. And that's it. And they, they talk through communicators through the whole thing. <laughs> I love that. I and, I and that it was written that. so well, you never mm-hmm. noticed that. You never exactly. thought about it. Mm-hmm. The movie's yep. got some of the biggest stakes of any Star Trek movie. Like you feel everything. And it's got a quarter of the budget of Star Trek the Motion Picture, the most boring movie ever but, made. Yeah, but at least it got Star Trek back in the social zeitgeist and then, no, Star you know, Wars got... did that, and they screwed it up. They didn't make a lot of money, and then they had to come along with the big action film, and that got it going. Star Trek Rathacon's a good movie. It's the It was the perfect Star Trek. It is what Star I Trek should have been. What is the yeah. second? Here's a good question. You guys are Trek guys. I, I have a yeah. I have an answer that I'm sure is going to be controversial. What is the second best Trek movie? In my opinion, First Contact. I, that's my opinion, too. I love First Contact. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give that to you. Has... Of all the others. It has a lot of elements of Rathacon without yes. being a, a, an exact replica of Rathacon. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the same DNA. Yeah. Yep. So that wasn't, uh-huh. a, I guess that wasn't a controversial take after all. Oh, no, little, not at all. A little let down, actually. What's the worst Star Trek movie? It's one of the ones in the Kelvin timeline. Like, those were horrible. I'm sorry. That's not Star Trek. It's Fast and Furious in Space. I don't know. I never got into Star Trek 2009. 2009 as classic Kelvin. Why do they call I, it the Kelvin timeline? Because it's a different. It's there's time. I know it's a different time. Again, I know that I've seen the movie, but why do they call? Why do the fans call it the Kelvin timeline? I'm not sure. Actually, to tell you the truth, I, I should know this right off the top of my head. I, think, I didn't think I, I threw a curveball at you guys. I thought you guys were gonna 
go like geek on me and be like, ah, you lower geek. No, it's funny because it's one of those things when I first heard it, I was like, oh, okay. And I I never questioned it and looked into what's Kelvin mean in relation to Star Trek. The Marvel 616 is 616 because Alan Moore and Captain Britain said this universe is 616. Okay, there's a reason, as random as it is. But I'm just curious as to why the Kelvin is called Kelvin. Does it have anything to do with the Kelvin temperature or something like that? I don't know. Like, you'd think I'd be able to look it right up. But, uh, oh, no, it takes me to fandom. Uh, That's another thing, that geek thing that people should probably know about. Fandom's going down. I don't know why it's called. I I can't find it off the I'll keep looking. Continue. Okay. <laughs> I know I need to know now. This is gonna bug me. I will say that I don't like Star Trek Two. What is it Rathacon? called? The, no, oh, no, oh, the, in, oh, Calvin Two. Uh, in the darkness. In the darkness, because they're Wrath of Khan. Yeah, they're Wrath of Khan. It's oh such God, a that was so bad. Yeah. Uh, copy of it. It's it's terrible. That might be the worst one. Um, it's gotta be. Yeah, it's I like, like Beyond it, better. I like Beyond better than In the Darkness. Yeah. Wait, what does Drew, Drew say says? Here? I think the Starfleet ship was called the Kelvin, the one that went back, the one that Nero destroys and goes back in time or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's named the after one... the ship. All right. Okay. okay. Good job, Drew. Thank you, Drew. So, all right. Let's on to the news. The first, the article, more you know. The article, <laughs> article I brought is I brought this specifically for you, John, it has been confirmed that in Agatha, Coven of Chaos, there will be no Mephisto. Cameos. <laughs> Just got to get it's it out in front dare, of everybody a, right away. It's a dirty lie and they know it. It's we were, for those of you guys who are new to the show, and every two some odd years ago when WandaVision was coming out, John and I worked ourselves, and I think Dave fed us every week that we were seeing clues and hints to Mephisto. Because if you were to read the original Avengers West Coast and the WandaVision miniseries in the 1980s, the whole thing was about Mephisto. So we just assumed that they were going to follow the storyline and give us Mephisto. We did not, in fact, get get Mephisto. Mephisto. No baby hands. No baby hands. The closest we got was Agatha hanging on to the two boys, and I felt cheated. I felt very cheated. That was cheap. <laughs> and Marvel TV has gone down the shitter since then. Yeah, right. it literally has. All they had to do was give us Mephisto. and Just give me the devil. Give me the thing that ruined Spider-Man, and I would have been happy. Do you think... Yeah, not to. This has been thrown out there by a couple, few different people. In China, they don't believe in God and the devil, and it's they don't want that in their media, right? They have these weird rules about their movies and TV. And so one of the arguments is that Marvel won't use Mephisto because he's a representation of the devil, and so they won't be allowed to play it in China. I wouldn't there's put a lot of it past them. Um, there's, there's a lot of things you, don't play in China. If you do, they follow, have Disney, do they have Disney Plus in China? No, no, last time pro- I checked this, it still wasn't available there. Yeah. But there's still an outlet that they go after. But if you if you've been sure. following the the writer's strike, if you there there have been some articles done about some of the people that are striking from Disney, and the things that they are saying now, Disney was in real trouble to begin with before the strike. Disney was not treating anybody. There were guys, there were writers that were like, oh yeah, I'd go back and write for them. And then the strike happened and now they're on the picket line going, no, they're utter crap. They force you to write shit that you don't want to. And Disney is just... That's any work for hire job though, as far as that. Like if they force you to write some stupid shit, one, you can always walk to that's work for hire. Pay them for it though. That's all I'm saying is give them some decent residuals. Hmm. Like... Spencer Grammer. Did you guys know Spencer Grammer, Kelsey Grammer's daughter, the voice of, uh, I think, Summer's name on Rick and Morty? Oh, dear. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She was, they had an interview with her on the picket line, and she was talking about 
the first season of Rick and Morty, when the show was a hit, she made so little that she didn't qualify for SAG's insurance program. Oh, it's what the qualifying is twenty six thousand dollars a year. Six thousand dollars a year, and she just had a kid. That's that year. not cool, man. It's, yeah, it's pretty fucked up, man. Imagine how much easier life would be if we had universal health care in this country and it wasn't on corporations so to pay to pay for them. That's one of the main problems with the U.S. is if you had universal health care, it wouldn't matter. That the half problem, these problems wouldn't be the, fun. The reason why they won't do it is because the corporations don't want that because that would make it easier for you to leave because you could go anywhere and keep your health care. They use that to lock you in. That's one and of yet, the main that's one of their main hiring points. And yet here we are. It's just funny. It's just funny. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. these uh these royalty checks blow ass that they're getting. Greg Wiseman posted one from Star Wars Rebels, speaking of Disney. I'm not sure if Rebels was Disney at the time. But yeah, twenty six cents for that's season shit. one. For for Rebels, he, for they Rebels. should be getting way more than that. I mean, look how big cents. it's look how big it is now. And that was for acting, not for writing. Because for writing, I don't get anything. Because I did one voice on the show. As he says, Disney and Bob Iger are becoming the face of the main villain for the strike. David Zaslov's also putting up a good fight for that position, sir. Yeah, yeah. Japan got free healthcare. Japan every got free every healthcare. other industrialized Canada. nation in the world us, has free us healthcare. Us the only ones that don't. Us in Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is not the place for that. That's Welcome socialism. to super political speak. Socialism <laughs> heroes speak, yes. Um, speaking of Disney, John, you brought this article. I'm sure you were crying when you saw this because it means the end is near. Disney is no longer producing physical media in Australia. Yeah, I'm no, I'm seriously bothered by this. Like this is like you can they are we are going towards a point where you can't own anything, even if you've paid for it. All these streaming services where you can either rent or quote unquote buy something in this and and now like now they're starting to take stuff off the streaming service in order to save money. What if you bought it? What they take it off? You know, and I, this already happened. We talked about this. There was one streaming service. There was Amazon that took a bunch of stuff off off the streaming service. Max. And oh, was it, was it Max? Max? Yeah, it was, it was Max. Max. Yeah, they took. It, we're going to hear about it from everybody. There was like there was this, one service. No, I think what John's talking about. I think it was Amazon where people had bought stuff. Oh. bought a movie and they took it off their server and so when they went to watch it, they're like this is no longer available and it's but i paid for it and they're like yeah but we don't have it on our server anymore yeah, yeah. and they, and you look at the terms of service when you purchase it and it's your standard we can't guarantee that that you'll always have access to it and you can't sue us you have to go through arbitration it's a bunch of legally legal crap and that, that's why I have a huge collection of Blu-rays and 4K DVDs and all that is because I so, can't trust them. Can I play devil's advocate here? You can um, play Mephisto. Uh, I think with music, I feel it's dangerous to not have physical media. Like you should be able to, even if you like use a service, you should be able to download that and burn it to a CD or something because music you will listen to over and over again, right? Like you, you put it on your car when you're working out, whatever, right? But movies, let's be honest, like and even TV shows, how many times do you go back and watch a movie? I know people that have, I know someone who has an insane movie collection, like thousands of movies and DVDs, and it's he's got, stuff, he's got stuff he's never opened. And I'm like, why? He's because I own it. 
okay, but what's the point? If you're never watching this stuff, why do you have to own it? I feel like you're feeding into an addiction. I can understand one or two movies that you really love. It's your fa- absolute all-time favorite movie. You want to own it on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever the, the media is. But there are so many movies I've watched and I love, but I don't go back and watch them all the time. If it happens I'm, to be on TV, I watch it, but I don't seek it out. You know? Yeah, I'm not a crazy guy like that, but I do. I and I do buy what I like. But my nephew is over this week. What did I do? I cracked open Nobody, Red, and Red Two with Bruce Willis. Was it John Wick? And we had a whole bunch of others that were on tap in case we had time. I didn't want to have to go to a streaming service and rent that again. I bought it. I should be able to watch it. And I should be able to go bring a few over to my family, any of my family's houses, and watch it. And I I feel like if you buy something from a service like Amazon, and let's just say like a lot of people have media servers in their houses now, you should be able to transfer it to your own computer at that point. There should be a way to do it, but you can't. And that's... I think that's the issue. It's not the fact that physical media is going away. It should be if I buy this from Amazon, I should be able to download it to my computer and do what I want with it. After that. And and some of them allow you to download stuff to like your phone. I haven't seen one that allows you to download to your computer and they won't do that because it's the same problem that they had when Napster was around and they don't want you downloading anything. They don't want you to own it. That's why there are so many hurdles to actually trying to copy a stream when you're watching a YouTube video or listening to something on name the audacity or what any of the audio services, they're putting protection in place and they're stopping you from being able to use any program to actually record it. We're going back to the days where you're going to hold a recorder up to the speakers on your computer, just like we used to do in the old days in the radio. Right. Um, but it's yeah. that stupid. Drew says he can stop collecting figures whenever he wants. He doesn't have a dedication. <laughs> I, I, I feel the same way, Drew. Yeah. No, you're being quiet on this, JD. Yeah, you're a young un, JD. <laughs> what, what do you think? I stream everything now. I have a collection of DVDs that I haven't opened in years. I haven't opened them in years. So it doesn't matter to me. I'm honestly, I think this is a smart move on their part of no one's buying the physical media. That's that is the that's the thing. Like, that's, that's when we're not well, talking. The other like, here's the yeah. thing is everybody's freaking out. Like, oh, they're not going to make this anymore. No one's buying it. People were buying it. They make it. Yeah. This is not an evil plot by the corporations. Yeah, but, no but the, the, the thing is that the logical conclusion of it is that people will then, if they're not buying it, they're going to buy the stream and then the stream will go away. I haven't and bought a stream. With nothing. I haven't bought years, man. I don't buy movies anymore. I rent them if I want to see it. Or I stream or they're available for streaming. That's just... The world we live in right now, man. Like the idea of owning a movie just isn't a thing anymore. Yeah. It just isn't, you know? It doesn't matter. Either the next Carrington event will erase everything anyway, or global warming will kill us all. So that's such yeah. a, that's such a, like a, a negative old man. It's just the way things are done. Like time evolves, things move on. Accurate. I don't like, I would much rather read comics now or even most cases books on my iPad than half them i like my collection behind me but those are the ones that i love there's a lot that are sitting in a basement taking up dust right like i like the idea of just having everything digital and i create content it doesn't bother me if people look at it through this yeah i i get it but then again the way the corporations have been acting lately all of that could go poof in a day and you paid for it they have your money yeah, like i paid 99 cents for a book okay yeah but how many books do you read i've <laughs> I've spent 
a couple of hundred dollars on books just in the last two months. How many books? I how many that much? Let me, okay, I get it, though, but it's like, do you buy books in hardcover? Or do you buy them in paperback? I was a paperback guy, right? Yeah, I, for I, me, it's I buy hardcover when I can. But, but it's disposable. Like for me, it's disposable media. Like most of my comics aren't in great shape because I'd read them and just, yeah. you know, toss them in the bin. Like I'm not, I've never been a, much of a collector, right? I would much rather imbibe the material and be okay with it. You're just, like, I'm just tr- truly zen. My father read a lot and he used to go to a secondhand bookstore and he could bring back books he had read. They would take them to resell them and then he would get credit. He would buy more books and do it that way. Because again, like he didn't, he was like, I read the book. Why do I need to own it? I'm not, not going to read it again. Only stuff that he really liked, he kept. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know, man. I'm just like, it doesn't bother. Like, I, I just, if people were, here's my thought with corporations want to own, want to sell things. Right. Yeah. I don't think when it comes to stuff, I guess I don't think control is really the issue. It's how to maximize profits. And if people were buying Blu-rays, buying DVDs, buying this stuff, that would be the focus. That's the whole thing. Like, is they what is, what's the consumer that, want? There was all this push for online content and streaming and everything from them. They put their they put that out of business themselves because now people are just like, I can sit at home and watch it. I don't need the physical disc. I just hit my remote, go to Disney Plus, put up the Avengers, and I'm good. I don't. Yeah. Why do I have to go own the Avengers? The, you know, the only thing is the, and that's the thing too. Like, one of the selling things was the extra content that came came on DVDs. But a, I barely ever watched that stuff, and I was finding out that some of the content was like wasn't even worth it. But come out with an anniversary edition with new extra content. And well, that's it. A- yeah, that's a trick, just like the multi, right. you know, what covers of comic days. like Variant so, covers, yeah, yes. Yeah, variant covers. And I don't know if any of the young ones that are watching us remember this or were born when this happened. But it used to be DVDs or, yeah, CDs, DVDs, and even in, into the Blu-ray era, they used to have secrets built into them. If you clicked play at a specific point, when in the intro that played over and over again, the, the looped intro, when something happened in the background, you would unlock stuff that was on the Blu-ray player. And they don't yeah. do that anymore. There used to be whole websites dedicated to Blu-ray or movie movie disc secrets, things you could unlock at home. And then, oh, I forget. It was like on the Wonder Woman Blu-ray. I think this is the last one I remember. If you hit the button at a specific time, you unlock. They had an episode of the original Wonder Woman TV series on, on the Blu-ray. See, like, I'd hate it was really neat like, stuff. Yeah, I hate stuff like that. Just tell me what's on the damn thing, because I don't want to sit there and watching a movie and I have to press eight hundred buttons on the off chance that I unlock something stupid. Just tell me what's on the fucking video that I paid for. I hate <laughs> shit like that. I'm a goddamn. I want to watch a movie. I don't want to play Indiana Jones. <laughs> nice. All right, all right. I don't see an issue with it going away, but again, I don't collect stuff like that anymore. And in our next article, in a move that surprises absolutely no one, Deadpool 3 is put on hiatus <gasps> for an un, an unspecified amount of time. It was taken off the release schedule, obviously. That'd be... What? It's almost like there's a strike going on or something. Yeah. Almost. It's almost. like weird like that. Okay, Clancy says, I bought... Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith with the DVD it comes with behind the scenes commentaries, costumes and so on. I watch it since I was 10. I also, I have the Star Wars Blu-rays, the original two, the first two trilogies 
Blu-ray edition that came out four, five, something like ten. I forget when that was. Whenever the big pack of Star Wars Blu-rays came out, I bought it. I watched all the extra features. Now it sits in a shelf. And when we want to watch Star Wars, I go to Disney. Hmm. Oh, I didn't even know this. Uh, Disney Plus has an extra content tab for those. A lot of those DVD things. Plus, now they just make a separate show for that stuff. Right. That's the thing <laughs> I was going to say mm-hmm. is that they now have like shows that are just about this is how we made mary poppins and yeah i used to i i used to love audio commentaries when watching a movie and stuff like that i find that in my current age i just don't have the time to watch those things yeah, yeah. I, I get that too all right okay so i brought i grouped a bunch of articles together because i'm these are articles that this is all stuff that has happened this year with what i would call the mid-tier publishers it's not your big two marvel and dc it's interesting and i'm just wondering are middle-tier companies in trouble? We'll start with IDW just this week laid off 39% of their workforce. I would say yes. Heavy Metal Magazine, I didn't realize because someone had bought them and they were going to continue on. Kevin then, Eastman. Yeah, but then that fell through. So oh, they, said they're gonna, they said they're going to continue as an independent comic. Now, officially, it's now it's dead. There's no, they have no information about what they're doing. They, can't, they haven't been working on it. Heavy metal's dead. And then what was the other one? Valiant. I didn't realize they were still around. (laughs) Though they had some troubles. I knew they had some troubles last year and they're still around, but they're only publishing one book a month. A whole publishing company only coming out with one book a month. I could do that. Doesn't seem good. And the only one that kind of was interesting, but it it made me go is uh, J. Michael Straczynski has got a deal with Dark Horse to write whatever he wants. The Brian Bendis deal. Yeah. That kind of felt came off as we don't really have anything good original right now. Can you create something to get buzz around our pub, our publish? Let's see. Drew says IDW just got the Hasbro they've had, property. They've had the Hasbro properties since 2008. Uh, I, IDW you just lost had, the Hasbro properties. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. IDW is not small. Like they've done like Star Trek, CSI, Doctor Who, Dungeons and Dragons, Transformers, My Little Ninja Pony. Turtles, like, like they're like mid tier. Yeah. They do a whole lot of stuff that that isn't covered by dc and marvel so i think a part of the i think what a lot of these mid-tier publishers who in the last decade went all in on their ancillary properties from picking up these rights have found Mm -hmm. that it's not terribly sustainable they got rid of a lot of their creator-owned properties and now they wanted to go all in with this stuff yeah that's what you get i one of the things i wondered god why can't i think of the character's name vin diesel movie valiant um, bloodshot bloodshot Bloodshot. I fell asleep wonder, during the pandemic when we were watching, we'd review that. Yes, movie. but I wondered, okay, yeah, first off, that came out during the pandemic, which I think hurt them. Didn't hurt. Didn't help. Did not help at all. And it not, wasn't a great movie. Yeah, seeing it also but, didn't help not being good. And as yeah. I said, I wonder how much money they poured into that because they started having trouble shortly after that movie came out. Just dropped my phone. And because those guys, those dudes bought the Valiant off the scrap heap from Acclaim in 05 yeah and they didn't get their comics line rolling until 2012 and i really liked that first wave of valiant books they were really good they were really well written the art was solid in them and then because they were owned by a bunch of ultra capitalists they sold it and then it got changed five times over again so it's (sighs) okay lost my interest in it you got to make these deals with the devils to do the thing you want and the devil comes to collect it and that's once again you got a monkey's paw situation Yep. Uh, uh, Classy's like the I, I like the IDW artist editions such on such as Dracula as uh, Daredevil. Yeah, I do too. The artist editions that that IDW prints are really cool. Yeah, 
but they're not doing so great because they lost their Hasbro license. But that's um, the thing is they went all in on these things and now they're gone. I just, and that's, but they can't be mad because this is just the nature of comics. There's only two comic book companies that have survived over the last hundred years. Yeah. And I said, the other one was, it's, this isn't terrible news, but it does speak of putting themselves in a position to protect themselves. What's the oh, image? I just signed yep. a deal with Simon and Schuster to do their distribution. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about happening to Simon and Schuster this week? No. Simon and Schuster got, speaking of vulture capitalists, Simon and Schuster got bought by a big VC company, the same company that Stroheim Toys R Us. That, oh, the, yeah. The, no, that one, like, that's yeah, the reason why company. Toys R Us went out of business. So, correct. So, Image is not going to have any distribution? KKR. <laughs> it's a company know. called KKR. It's and not they, good. No, they, that, that's, they didn't sell to continue working then. They sold so that KKR can extract everything out of them and leave all their debt behind with, with Simon and Schuster as a dead property after that. That's it. Murders and executions, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah, they're pirates. <laughs> yeah. Yo-ho. That's not good. Fawn asks, where does 2080 rank in size? I don't... 2080 is, one, it's British. Two, it's its own deal. And yeah. it, it's, it, it is not an American-based company, so it doesn't get lumped in when we talk about, like, the American companies. Because, like I said, 2080 has always been its own thing. So it's like heavy, what heavy metal was in the U S like 2080 is what is in the UK. Oh, like okay. Most of the UK talent has come from since the seventies, right? Judge dread 2080 yeah. property, stuff like that. Yeah. I so. mean, cause it's, cause I was looking at all this different news and like, I would say this too, like, um, source point and Zeniscope, they're doing their own thing. They're owned by one or two guys. They're doing contracts with the writers and, and artists. So they're not, when I'm middle tier, these are companies that were trying to do things to grow and become bigger companies. Yeah, and man. now all of a sudden, like they're imploding big time all yeah. in this year too. It's been the top coming out of the pandemic. A lot of companies yeah, have struggled to get their funding back. And the comics business is always one foot in the grave. And I've been hearing these stories since the mid nineties about mid tier publishers dying and then new ones come about. It's just the nature of things. But I have a question. This is what I've been pondering more and more. I see artists and writers that i'm friends with on facebook being successful doing their own thing on kickstarter yeah Yeah. so are they avoiding like going to like idw and saying hey i want to do a book with you it's because like they can make more money direct yeah and they do their own thing you don't have a like you can hire another you don't have to work somebody else you get total creative you get total rights to everything you control your flow what is the advantage of idw over doing it on your own other than having books and shops which are going away like i'm saying like the vast majority of independent books are sold on kickstarter and have been for a decade this isn't right. new right mm-hmm. so classy says batman comics are carrying the industry right now yeah, true to a point has, has been since 1987 my friend i was about to say let's see kassan when okay when you shift your when you shift your focus on licensed properties the licensor has too much power over your success a la hasbro yeah yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. Three companies. That's DC, Marvel, and Archie's. Archie is, Archie. just can't get rid of it. Archie will be around forever. It's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. They've got the Sonic comic and that makes a pretty good mind too. I mean, that's. They got a character called Archie who does them pretty well as well. Yeah. That's there are people who this, still read age, Archie. Do you, do you see the show? Riverdale was a smash. Man. Oh, that's right. They did make a lot of money off of that. Yeah. Yeah. The Sabrina teams. the Teenage Witch had a big thing. Like, that's all Archie properties. So yeah. Netflix killed it. But it was a thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, like, you're you right. get a couple yeah. years on Netflix, you won. 
Like, this isn't the UK. We don't run shows. It's funny. UK shows either run for one season and they're done, or they run for 8,000 years. Doctor Who. Right. Doctor yep. Who. <laughs> or that, uh, what's that show that, the, there's that soap opera that I forget. I know. The uh, EastEnders. EastEnders. Thank you. EastEnders. Yeah. Or the yeah. Downton Abbey. That thing run forever. Riverdale season one is good, but fall after that. I have zero interest in anything on the CW class. Yeah, I will take your word for it. <laughs> I saw they did superheroes and said, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel bad because I like some of the books from these publishers. The only one that didn't seem to be in trouble is Dynamite. Yeah, Dynamite. Hmm. Dynamite is interesting, man. They're always like kicking. They've always got something going on. They're always making some deal. Well, Nick does good. He does work. I don't know if it's, he's always got something. Do, they seem to do the model that we've talked about comics should do. Like they did a Green Hornet run where it was like a oh, five five book uh, series and then that was it then it was mm-hmm. done and then they went, moved on to another property they did the original daredevil the guy in the mm-hmm. blue and red costume like they Not did a run age. yeah they did a run of the daredevil book and then then they were done like it was ahead of story it was beginning middle and end and it was like we've argued like maybe that's what comics should do and it seems like dynamite is doing that we've gotten because what marvel and dc have been for so long the unending stream of chapter two is that there was this thought for a long time that that's what comic books had to be. And we've gotten away from that. And I think the independent creative renaissance of the last 20 years has proven that you just do your thing, tell your story. Telling stories is over is, excuse me, is underrated in the comic book yeah. industry. Cause it's like, it's all about how can we make this a property? How can we keep this going? Blah, blah, blah. No, just tell yeah. a story, make some money, move on. Cause also, I think independent creators do well on Kickstarter because the audience is told what to expect. That's true. Also, the creators try to cater the audience demands. Their finger is always on the pulse. I would argue the other way, too, is Kickstarter, you get to do what you want and find yes. your audience, right? Because there's an audience that wants the thing that you're doing. You just have to find it and nurture it. And you can make a lot of money pulling in 30, 40, maybe 80 grand a year, right? That can be a lot of good, decent living for one middle-class person. A corporation that can exist like that. Is your house haunted, John? No, my cat is trying to get into a box that is going to fall on the ground if she does. If it That's goes. going to be hilarious when it happens. <laughs> it is going to be hilarious. Glad this show is recorded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, I lost, but, but you so totally distracted by... Sorry, I'm, done. Um, I'm just like, what as, the hell is that? As oh, always, God, goofy cats rule the internet. Yes, goofy <laughs> cats rule the internet. Hopefully um, that brings in a few views. <laughs> get uh, says, should... Do a beach one-shot comic. I don't know what that means, so. Oh, you mean like the one beach episode of every anime? That those always are like the most watched. Or, or do you mean like the swimsuit Marvel swimsuit? Bring, bring back the Marvel swimsuit issue. Yeah. Oh, hey man, Xenoscope ain't going nowhere, man. And they saw those. That's titty true. Bikes. Those titty books yep. don't go yeah. anywhere. That's all you need is artists that can draw the bodies, and then the writers who keep you there because they're good at writing stories. I you know? can do a. Frosty Sakito and explanation Kickstarter. I can do big explanations on Kickstarter. I've taken numerous courses and ran a bunch. What do you mean specifically? What do you mean by an explanation? I could go, I could go for an hour on Kickstarter. That's why I'm uh, like, what do you, what do you want yeah, to know specifically? Maybe you should do your own little, maybe you should do a whole episode on it or something. Plus he uh, says, yeah, the anime beach episode. All right. Yeah. Man, you anime before, folks, you, you're like in some, before the, we get to, yeah, before we get to things. Kickstarter real quick. Oh, Frosty says, I don't know. Oh, Kickstarter is just a platform that allows creators to market their, and it wasn't meant for creatives. It was more meant for people like startup businesses and they still do. There's still a lot of businesses that get their start on Kickstarter because you're kickstarting the business. They're asking for seed money basically, but the 
and not just comics, but author industry, like creative industries have really used it as a way to sell direct to consumers, as opposed to just selling something on your website. You work with Kickstarter. It's basically the store, right? It's like running through Amazon, but it's cheap. It's only 10, it's 10%, 10% of whatever campaign. So you sell, like I've done, a, I'll just use a book campaign. For example, I sold three books on a campaign. I, I think we wanted 1500 bucks. And I offered you the books in digital and paperback. And then I did all kinds of extra bonuses. John let me kill him for 500 bucks. And then you just market your stuff that way. So like Kickstarter gives you a chance to reach your audience and sell directly to them. So I made three grand on that campaign, which again, for a normal writer, maybe that's not enough. For me, I was very happy to yeah. put $3,000 in the bank after that. It was good for me. But if I was working for Schuster, that's not a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So it changes, it just changes the dynamics and it puts more power to the creator's hands and allows them to nurture their own audience. By the way, I'm, I'm really feeling the need to die again. Anytime. I got to write, I got to, hey, give me, I need time. I have an opportunity says, to kill you coming. Drew says he gets a lot of board games from there. I know uh, quite a few people who get board games through uh, Kickstarter. So that's first, is that's smart. Yeah, it is smart, actually. It makes, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. It, it works. So um, I ran five or that's how I got here, actually. I was marketing a Kickstarter. And Dave and I got talking, and I came out here to sell my wares, and I've been stuck here ever since. Yeah, we won't <laughs> let him. We won't let him leave. <laughs> the last thing I was going to say about the mid tier and people doing Kickstarter, like we've talked to a lot of writers and artists Tons. on this show who have worked for the big two and are now doing their own thing because the big two won't let them. And I'm sure it's tough to even sell your idea to IDW or, or any of those guys. So it's yeah, like then just do it direct find an artist you like put it out on kickstarter and sell it jonathan hickman put it the best he's like you make your name in the big two and then you go do your own thing yeah and if you don't need to make your name in the big two like i said jonathan hickman can do something and make a ton of money but there's ton like my our buddy rich do it rich is a good friend of mine and he's made yeah I mean, he does some good big two work but like he his i think he's pretty much it, carved out a nice little niche for himself as a, as one of the best indie how horror comics Indie horror comics Ooh. writers. That was hard to say. Rich Duick. One of the I best was thinking indie about that because he's got a couple books through ITW. He does. Oh, he does actually. Mm -hmm. I probably should reach out to him. <laughs> yeah, it's a good call. I didn't think about these stuff, but yeah, he does. But he has had a lot of success putting out his stuff on Kickstarter with Comics Tribe. They're one of the first publishers to make their living specific to make their events specifically with Kickstarter. Kickstarter was the game changer, man. It works was. great. Yeah, and that's what I'm like. That's what I'm saying. I think that is one of the things that's hurting the middle tiers because people probably, if they're making money doing it themselves, why would they go and jump on there? Especially if you, if there's a chance you lose the rights to stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. And again, and if they don't want to publish it unless they can make it a movie, like this next thing I had, this is the story I told you before. I went all the way to the the final, the finish line with uh, DC Vertigo, and then Dan Dio was like, "Eh, I don't see a movie in this." Oof. JD's out. Yeah, I'll put out my book eventually with it with that story, and I'll make money on it. And again, it wouldn't it won enough for Vertigo, maybe, but for me on my own, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I think we've beaten this topic to death enough. But I'm glad we talked. I wanted to talk about. It. I'm glad we brought it up. Um, so let's take a quick commercial break and be right back with our main topic. <sighs> I can do this. I'm going to hide my powers and be a normal man having a normal day. Hang on. Starting now. Duh. 
everyone thinks they know the Man of Steel. But you've never seen the son of Jarrell like this before. Who am I? What was that? Superman! I'd like to interview you for the Daily Planet. Sorry, no comment. Lois, these are the new interns. I want you to show them the ropes and get... They can help me with the story. If we break this, we'll become real reporters. <laughs> this is the story of the family. Who is Superman? Lois, I know what Superman is. Huh? You think he's a plane? <laughs> it looks like a bird. My Adventures with Superman. Two episode series premiere. Thursday, July 6th at midnight on Adult Swim. Next day on Max. All right, so we said we were going to talk about this cartoon that John's been watching and loves, and actually we've had quite a few people watch the show who have been like, hey, when are you guys going to talk about My Adventures with Superman? Yeah. So I binged all seven episodes that are currently out. I think that there's going to be 10 total, so there's three more to go for this season. And JD, did you watch it? I did. Okay. So I want to hear what you guys think first. I'm easy on this one. JD, go ahead. I love it. It's oh. not my favorite version of Superman, but I think for, for what it has to be right now, this is perfect to reach a different audience. I dig it. Didn't love it, but I dug it. I love this. I was like, wow, they took Superman, made him fresh for the modern world, did not lose the essence of what Superman is, and gave us a new fun take on Superman. It's like... Where was this idea when Zack Snyder was bringing Superman back in the, onto the Not train? dark enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I can't fault it. I can't think of anything so far on this show that's just, this didn't work or that didn't work. And they're taking elements from long ago, like, long-standing DC canon and reworking them. Like, Parasite. Their take mm-hmm. on Parasite was great. Like, it works. It's an, yeah, John. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Uh, I want to hear what JD says. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say too, like the parasite's not a very interesting character, but he's one that seems to get reinterpreted with every generation because there's, he's so nondescript, right? Yeah. Parasite can be kind of anything that it needs to be. And I like this interpretation. Classy says, I'm here for tomboy Lois Lane. She's my queen. <laughs> I like uh, this. He, Lois. Tiny he, Lois. Yeah. Parasite's Clayface. Every you get a different take yeah. on the character for every take on the the show itself. It's a pretty good analogy, actually. Hassan says I'm a big fan of my adventures with Superman. Good quality stuff. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, what I'm waiting for, his powers work differently in this, way differently. Because I don't know if you noticed, we should go ahead. We're gonna go into spoilers, guys. We're, yeah, I mean, yeah. We're, that's just, that's we're just gonna hit spoilers. This is right? an ongoing show. It's not a movie. We're right. just gonna talk about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you don't want to hear spoilers, jump to, I don't know, a couple of... We can't afford to lose anybody. Stick around. Yeah, Yeah. stick around. Get it spoiled. Have fun. Have a sip. No, first off, he doesn't know where he's from or anything. He's already, like, in his 20s, his early 20s, and he still hasn't... He knows his ship expanded itself underneath the Kent farm. He still hasn't managed to unlock any knowledge of it. 
He doesn't, he doesn't know where he's from, doesn't know about kryptonite, doesn't know anything about any anything. And in the latest episode, Mrs. Pitlick showed up, which I love the take they've got on him for this. But here's the thing. When Lois was in danger, he just threw off the effects of kryptonite. And in the latest episode, we're talking, they were talking about here's all different versions of Superman. They even went through a couple of different versions of Superman from the 1950s animations to the Bruce Timm animation to there was one other I forget, but and then a crab, which was weird. He, he him and Gator Loki should work together. But the thing is that his power, I I think this might be the Superman that kryptonite, he, he can just ignore it. But he right now he's underpowered. It just seems like his powers reach a higher level every time one of his friends are in trouble and he actually concentrates and just works at it you know, or something. Like every time he's in danger or, is, no, not his, him in danger. Every time one of his friends are in danger, he reaches another level. I can't, we haven't seen anything yet. This is all mythology that we don't know. We're just seeing the effects of it. There's a lot of showing, not telling, and I love it. Okay, first off, Kassan said, there's one minor gripe. I don't like the secret equals lying motif. People should be entitled to boundaries. The whole conflict of Lois and Clark's identity didn't feel right. Okay, so, there was there was a okay. Go ahead, Dave. I, hold on, I have a comment. You're talking Amber versus Lois, right? I I, I I know this. I think is an important thing to remember is that this is geared towards this is geared towards a younger audience. This isn't like an adult cartoon, and they're definitely like. This is there's they're going to be the Lois and Clark relationship in list like their boyfriend and girlfriend. They've already started. Lois isn't an that. idiot. She figured out who he was almost right right away. So like they just did it like they just did that motif. It's been done a thousand times in every superhero show when the girl finds out that her boyfriend is is the hero, and it's just a shorthand. And I think it works for kids. That's my thing. That was my take on it. What were you going to say? There is a lot of comparing. Lois to was it Invincible's girlfriend Amber? And I um, yeah, no Amber, the African American woman oh, okay. who who got pissed off at him that he had lied to her, and there is some comparison there in that you lied to me. I'm a superhero. I'm lying to protect my family. Why is why did you expect me not to lie to you? But in Invincible, Amber takes it to the next level and it's just a. See you. Just next a complete Tuesday. biatch about it. Whereas Lois, like they, the writing of the show is so good. Lois acts like a human being and a young person, and they start to work it out. Let's start over. I understand why you did yeah. that, and it just they brought up the conflict, they addressed it, and they moved on. Yeah, and I get it because it's weird because it happens so quick. But again, it's not real time it's a cartoon and but it happens if you're in a relationship or you're a, even if you're like the starting of a relationship like they're working they, together so they're they so sundere at the, at the beginning they're like just blushing every time they look at each other like i can and you can understand her position at that point why she's angry at him for yelling for lying to her even though he is an excellent perfect reason why he and it's a whole trust thing you betrayed my trust except she's not an idiot and she figures out three seconds later who he is so work for me yeah. Yeah. Cool. That was the other thing I was going to say. And then the whole, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh my God. She's in the Suicide Squad and the. T- oh, Livewire? No, not Livewire. The. Livewire is. The, and, okay. the head, the, the woman behind the scenes. Waller. Amanda Waller. 
yeah, well, like they're bringing a Waller, and um, I missed something. Was that flag? I think that's the, flag. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be their flag. Yeah, because yeah, they just keep calling him uh, General. Like they don't, or yeah, like they don't forget. They didn't use his name. And, and so. weirdly, he's a different. That's a different take on flag. And, yeah, and they could just they just call him the general. By the way, he's not yeah. even not general. even. Well, it's not flag. The general. Him. Hold on. Oh, the general is like uh, the general is someone different. The general becomes a supervillain, right? The general is uh, is a guy who want who is a general. That's so it's uh, not it's not flag. Okay, that that makes more sense. He was in Justice League. But Amanda Waller is like the I exact like same on. Amanda Waller from the Bruce Tim universe and from the yeah. DC animated well, shows. It's Amanda Waller. Like Waller. She, she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't change. She's at a nexus all. being. Yeah, yeah. Jack Quaid is playing Clark Kent. Alice Lee is Lois Lane. They're all killing it. Jimmy Olsen is heavy into this. He plays a, a big the, role in a lot of that. That that that's the best part Version of the Jimmy whole, Olsen. Yeah, the, the, played the by Ishmael in, in the whole show. Mm. Yeah, I know you're Superman. It was just like yeah, yeah that was living funny. together. Yeah. Like you've been disappearing, like yeah, I know you're Superman. That was great. Mm. I like it. I like how no one is stupid. Yep. And they're not. They haven't introduced. They they're going with side characters, but they're making them good. They had Livewire, right. and who else? And they had was it absorbing absorbing guy? Right. I don't know if I would necessarily yeah, but good misguided. And Doctor Ivo. Know. They have Doctor Ivo. Doctor Ivo's good. Which is he's he's a passable stand-in for. Look, Lex Luthor until Lex Luthor shows up. Doctor like, Ivo's got get, you get Amazo. Yeah, yeah, you get Amazo, which is going to be which would be freaking huge. Hassan says, "I think I'm going to like the journal, even though you can tell he's a villain. He has morals." Depend- I want to see yeah. where they go with this guy with this version of of the general. Every, yeah. Everybody is fleshed out in this, which is really nice. Like the characters are not one note. Everybody is written I like as the, themselves. I did what you think is going on. In the beginning, quickly changes, right? You think mm-hmm. it's just live wire, and then you find out she's working for someone else. And she's working for Slade, and then Slade's mm-hmm. working for Waller. And it's just, yeah, like it, it keeps building. I guess my only criticism, the more I think about it, and it's not a huge one, but like season one, and they've already introduced the multiverse. I think it's just where I think it's the zeitgeist thing right now, where yeah. we have to just accept the multiverse is a thing we all have to deal with. For a bit, I just feel like that would be a good season two plot line. Some supermen become bad. No argument. Considering that, was it Jonathan Kent just met? Was it he was going to have to fight Ultraman, and then Injustice Superman snapped Ultraman's neck in the comics, and now they're showing they. I think they flashed Ultraman and and what looked like a version of Injustice Superman up on the like when they were flashing versions of him in in the recording that Lois was looking at it's it yeah yeah you're right it's part of the zeitgeist but it looks pretty good it looks like they're doing right I don't know I don't know how much more it's going to play into this season but it may play into next season just like all the tech that they're showing seems to be apocalypse tech which puts puts what's his name down the line dark side side. Kassan says where was was the multiverse are you not caught up Kassan that was in the last episode Mm -hmm. seven it's pretty obvious if you Kassan, if you're watching on Adult Swim, they might be a week behind. We're watching it on Max. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you've been spoiled. Sorry. <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah, he is buff in this show. He's tall and buff, just like Superman should be. Superman should be big and muscular. He's Superman. Yeah. Mm. 
I also like he, that he's not OP. It's he's more like the golden age Superman power level. He's strong, but he's not. I can pull the whole planet strong. But you yeah. notice that every time somebody he cares he, about is in trouble, he's leveling up. Yeah, he's very anime, right? To continue, there is a very care. anime tilt to this show. Like very yeah. much. That's why John loves it. We can. <laughs> now, as a gatekeeper, I might have something to say about this, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's there's nothing bad about it. I th- like there's literally nothing I can say that's bad about this show. I am thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying. It. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 100% thermometer rating and an 80% audience score. I don't know. 80% seems low to me. Yeah, I agree. It's weird that 80% is low, but for an audience score, it is a little lower than you'd expect for something like this. That's yeah. the Snyder bots. But it's oh six, yeah, no, you're right. That's the tomato meter. That's exactly what it is. It's the Snyder. Are you kidding me? Really? That would no. It's uh, to be there. These people are mad about if they're actually people. Um, <laughs> they're mad about anything not, not done by Zack dark Snyder. Dark Superman. Yeah. Darkness. No yeah, parents. parents. <laughs> Brooding. <laughs> yeah, I just that seems low to me because this is just really a breath of fresh air. That's like, why you can't trust Ryan Tomatoes, man. Yeah. I think the adult swim tag makes people think it should be more adult. Yeah, fair. Yeah. It's not it's not as young as Teen Titans go, but it's definitely not Excuse me, sir. I will not have you sully the name of Teen Titans Go. <laughs> no, I'm saying that's definitely geared towards kids. You know yes. what I'm saying? This is geared towards more but I do feel like this has got a much broader audience. It's not it's so, a little bit lower than the Bruce Tim level. Bruce Tim, Bruce Tim, like he wasn't able, he wasn't allowed to show blood, but they got away with a lot of very serious adult concepts, they, which hurt them because Cartoon Network didn't want that. They wanted them to sell toys, right? Yeah. And still, it's the best. Oh, ever, it is, but the absolute best part of the show is that he's wearing trunks, and his yeah. mother made him do it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. The trunk thing is such a com- it's such like a stand to make with Superman. Like you're either pro trunks or anti trunks, and I just think he looks weird without the trunks. Like it's just too much blue. The trunks break up the color scheme. Right. You know, and that's why they work. I think I just saw a game advertised. It's like a, a mobile game, um, one of those where you like match the jewels or whatever, and it's a DC game, and he's got the trunks in that. Batman doesn't, but Superman has the trunks. It makes me wonder if is there going to start being a push towards him having the trunks again. Superman, the Superman's, got the, Superman's got the trunks in the comics. I just think that Batman hasn't had trunks in a long time. But I think he doesn't have the trunks because 89 Batman didn't have them. And then from then on, it was like, yeah, that's silly. Why does he need them? You yeah, trunks, Batman, because we accepted that Batman doesn't wear a cloth costume. Batman wears some variants of armor. Right. So I think it works for Batman. For Superman, the trunks are fine. I love how weak loving, I, I like that lo- weak slash loving he is toward his mother. She has him wrapped around his finger. Kassan I love it. Says, yeah, yeah. that's Clark. it's a mother-son relationship. It's Clark. Yeah, like that. It works. I know a lot of mother-son relationships like that. Yeah, like yeah. And Pa yeah. Kent's alive. Yeah. So <laughs> where do we stand? Where do we stand on Kent's parents being living or dead? There have been multiple interpretations over the decades. Some that some with Sans parents, some with one parent, some with no parents, some with all parents. What do we it think of that? Pa- it so there's his, a, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, in the 1978 movie, his father dying was the that that was the that was the the lever moment of his entire life that told him I can do 
all this stuff and I still cannot save some people. Like that, that's the fulcrum of that his entire so, outlook on life rests for the rest of his life. So at some point, maybe in this, they go a little bit darker and one, he loses a parent or something. But they did this in The Adventures of Lois and Clark too on TV where both of his parents were alive. And they played it for comedic reasons. That was the burn. The that was the burn Superman. The Lois and Clark Superman was basically your John Byrne post-crisis Superman. And right. that had both the parents. But I think I like the one parent Superman. Ma, Ma Kent being alive and Pa Kent being gone. I, I think that's my preferred. I get it. It's also one of those things where it makes sense that he has a stronger relationship with his mother because his father's dead. And not because he said, no, don't try to save me from this tornado <laughs> that you could yeah. do without even thinking about it. Let me die for re- advance the plot. That only told him I should let people die even with all these powers I have. <laughs> That's really the yeah, lesson you learned from that. Exactly. It's the, I should protect myself lesson. and not other people. Break it's a motherfucker's neck when he's out of the way, man. Let the dog die. Uh-huh. It's, it's Again, his father having a heart attack, no matter what his powers are, he can't save everyone. This it's I can save everyone, but I'm not going to. Yeah. But why? <laughs> but why nah. bother? I got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah i don't know i think i don't know I, I, guy fieri's about to go to flavortown i can't miss that <laughs> i don't know where i stand on it because i get the lesson from the 78 superman but then i kind of wonder does he have to learn the lesson that way because it also ties into the end where the end that we got where he reverses time to save lois yeah it's a cop-out ending to be quite honest with you so we did yeah. not learn a lesson as much as i love the 78 superman i hate the ending the ending is ass cheeks it's such a cop out, yeah. but I do. The, I like the status quo of that better. And I do think that Superman learns the lesson that no matter what I can, no matter what I can do, there are certain things I can't do. So I should, we should mention the show is directed by Jen Bennett, Diane Ha and Christina. And these are all alums of She-Ra and the Princess of Power, DC mm. superhero girls Ben 10, Justice League action. Like, these are not outsiders. These people know DC Comics. They know strong female characters. They know animation. And they, they're like, I don't think they could have picked better people for this, as a matter of fact. And the writing, there's lots of writing credits, but like John Byrne is in there. I think they credit John Byrne because they take some of his story. If you take a story element from the comics, you have to credit the writer. John Byrne ain't writing this. Ain't writing this. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I know. But Amon Dumar is listed first and that's the showrunner. Yeah. And then Josie Campbell, Paul Chang. The other aspect of this, and I feel like this is a direct slap in the face to the people who are always like, they don't, they don't get Superman because why would someone be good? Where, in this show, Lois is like questioning, what's he up to? What's his secret? And the response is, can't you believe that some people just want to help? Like, that's brought up a couple times. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Why can't someone just be good? I like that they're addressing it. Because yeah. I think Lois has the normal people reaction to What's he up to? Why is right. this? What's the angle? Mm-hmm. Right. There is no angle. Exactly. And I think that works. It's, okay. Take this. Take elements of this and make a movie now. Like... James well, Gunn, hope you're listening and watching and paying attention. Yes. Now, we, there's only been well, seven episodes, and we've already introduced The Brain, Heat Wave, Slade When do Wilson, we get Pinky? Dr. Ivo, Dark Side's in the background because of the tech that's being brought in. 
which Parasite. brings up what what's the name of the what's the name of the mob? I forget. Intergang, right? Intergang. So Intergang's in there somewhere. Silver Banshee. I like, think it's fine with it because you get the, yeah. this is the Makes Bruce Tim shows that we the Bruce Tim shows we watched were all done in ones with they were all episodic with serialized elements. This seems to be a throwback to that an episodic television show oh, with serialized elements. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't knocking. It was like oh, it was I'm done saying, so yeah. well that you hardly noticed that many it's a throwback. of his rogues gallery are already in there. Yeah, Classy said really I, cool. there's 10 episodes, I believe, for season one. Yes, that mm-hmm. is our understanding as well. So, yep. yeah. I, it's, a shame. I it's a shame, though, because this is going to end. They've said they're going to do a season two, but you know that it's, it's going to be a while no, before they work on it. <laughs> but no, I'm saying it's going to be a while before that's good. Like, it's going to get delayed big time. Right. And that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but Weird. that happened the last time there was a writer's strike. We lost a lot of shows did. over that. We did. This is the sucks about being in a strike. Yep. We lost Justice yeah. League Mortal from that, which is the time goes on. I'm more and more. Yeah, I, wish, I wish we would have gotten that. George Miller's aborted Justice League movie. That was basically hmm. an adaptation of Tower oh, of Babel. Right. Yeah. That was going to star the psychotic Ar- army hammer as Batman. Yeah. Oh, my God. I Justice found a couple of just like mortal, just like mortal or immortal, mortal, mortal, M A O R T I L. I watched a couple of YouTube videos about what that could have been, and it would have been interesting. Would have been interesting. Last wow. is I have the script for Justice League Mortal. It's a good story, really. Where'd you procure that, my friend? I'd like to tell us your secrets. There yes. used to be there used to it used to be a lot easier to get because used to be this website called Drew Scriptorama, where they had scripts for everything. Would live there. I was in college, and I would just read scripts before social media ruined my brain. <laughs> yeah, that's how you learn how to write a script, though, right? You read a bunch of scripts yeah. and figure out, yeah, read a bunch of scripts. All right, so I guess we're all saying thumbs up. And if you're thumbs not up. watching this, you better go watch it, right? Yeah, it's well worth it for adults and kids. Like, I think so far, it's straddling that line perfect. Everyone who watches this should go watch the show. And if you like it, go tell James Gunn this is what we want from our Superman. Mm-hmm. Now is the time, we have time, yes. Online, just type uh, Justice League Mortal Script. Okay. It's on Thanks. Script D. Do, do, uh, script Docs. D. Cool. I'll check it out. All right. Oh, hey, what are we doing? What are we? What's going on next week? What are we? What's yeah, going yeah. On? No kidding, uh, Mike. Well, you know what we're doing next week. I don't. Oh, wait, Blue Beetle. I got Blue school Beetle. coming out. Oh, yeah, Blue Beetle. How about the following <laughs> week? Great. We get to see what supposedly is the first. Wait, so no, it's used, got good, specific it's, language about this. It's, it's not the first good. movie. It it's the first of movie great, of the DCE. It DCE. has a lot of great buzz around it, but a lot of DC movies have had a lot of great buzz around them before. I'm trying to focus on the positive. Let's do this. Let's watch. Let's do Blue Beetle next week, and let's read this script. We did the uh, Indiana Jones one a couple weeks ago. Let's do this okay. one. Right. Yeah, let's get rid of social media madness. We don't need that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> let's just do this. Let's All just right. do things. I want like. everyone to go over on our social medias <laughs> and comment this week. Or Discord. Yeah, tell us in Discord. Throw this all at you in social media madness next week. (laughs) All right. So let's it's a good place to put a pin in it for this week. So let's go around and say, did we learn anything this week or do we have any recommendations? John, you can go first. Uh I didn't learn anything. Uh I spent the whole weekend with or the whole week with my nephew, and I'm very happy about it. He's a good kid. Um as for recommendations. He's reading The Hobbit, and he left his book here. So to not read The Hobbit—that's what's it. That box back there—that's what I'm about to send him back with The Hobbit. 
I got to send his book back uh, to his mom. But to keep him busy while I'm waiting for the UPS to pick that up, I sent him David Edding's The Belgariad and The Malorian, which I think better than The Hobbit. And bold words, I, sir. That I know, but that is my recommendation. The Belgariad, The Malorian by David Eddings, probably one of the greatest fables ever told. Hmm. And I am including the Iliad in Homer. <laughs> David Eddings is he kicks his ass. You ever tried um, to read the Iliad? It's a very tough no. read. True, but that's my that's one of my wholehearted, most wholehearted recommendations of all time. David Eddings, The Belgariad, and The Malorian. It, once you get, I don't know, a quarter into the first book, you will not stop until you finish the entire, well, I think it's a decology. There's 10 books. So, Kassan says David Eddings, one of my first authors, one of the first authors to spark my love of fantasy. Yeah. Because hmm, he's that good a writer. Way. It's just so smooth. Yeah. All right. All right. JD. Last Voyage of the Demeter. Loved it. Oh, yeah. cool. Simple horror story. Alien on a boat. I saw that the critics aren't liking it. I'm of the mind. Horror is such a hard thing. If you don't like horror movies, you shouldn't review horror movies because, yeah. oh, they're gruesome. Oh, they're bloody. Yeah, that's what, that's literally why I'm going to the movie. So it's, I don't know, I, I get mad when I see, especially when it comes to like Rotten Tomato scores for like horror movies. I really enjoyed it. It was everything that I wanted from a story. Is it a little overdone? Yeah, but I wanted it a little overdone. Yeah. I wanted a gross Dracula that was creepy. This was good for me. So if you're looking for a fun summer horror story, Last way. Someone goes, it's predictable. I read a critic goes, it's predictable. No fucking shit, dude. It's a middle chapter of a book. The most yeah. famous horror book ever written. No shit. It was predictable. Yeah. And that's probably why the thermometer gave it 49%, but the audience score is 71. They wanted a little lower. I thought. They wanted yeah. that twist ending where it the captain killed, killed Dracula. Where the captain killed Dracula. Do I'm going to say, yeah. is this movie, the, when you meet the people on the boat, yeah, Stephen King recommended the last words of matter. Yeah, he, he liked it. So that made me feel better before I went and saw it. The, you, wow, the first people you meet recommend his own stuff. Well, have you seen some of his stuff? Like, I would get it. I get I know. it. He would introduce you to a little kid and a dog on the boat. And you're like, Ugh. and things play oh, out yeah. as you would expect. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Classy says, I recommend people to watch Oppenheimer, Adventures with Superman, and Reincarnated as a Vending Machine. I haven't started that one yet, Classy. I'm I'm on two was it episode two ninety three of One Piece and you know why I can't stop at that point until the end of this arc, but yeah I've heard reincarnated as a vending machine as stupid as that sounds actually turned out to be quite okay at least so that's weird sure yeah. sounds stupid it yeah. does uh, yeah <laughs> it does I actually learned that if something is written well respects the original uh, mythology of a character. Um, we can all agree on it and enjoy it. Much like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. No. Wrong. Wrong. Let's let yeah. Actually I saw that movie. It was I, kinda, I had a message from a friend goes, What is Dave talking about? What is <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, man, you see what I gotta deal with all the time on oh! <laughs> Dave, let's let's see how you feel about my adventures with Superman when they finally reveal how his powers work because i the way they're playing it his powers work way differently than any iteration of superman you've ever seen so we'll have to see i have a couple guesses on that but we'll see what do you want what do you want to say yeah i I also recommend that if you're watching right now and you're not 
hit that subscribe button. Click that bell for the notifications so you don't miss us when we go live every Sunday night right here on this channel. Leave a leave a comment. We really appreciate it. And yeah, I actual recommendation. I got nothing. If you live in a town and Extreme is going to be there with Living Color and you haven't seen them in concert, go see them. It's a great show. They're really good. And I also recommend head over to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page. Comic reviews by Chris and so much more. And I will leave you with, please, I recommend go see Blue Beetle this weekend because that is what we will be talking about next week on the show. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. bring the extra bourbon just in case. Don't, don't be so negative to start with. George Lopez is fun. There you go. Yeah, especially with, a, especially with a crazy goatee. Yeah, a crazy goatee and a mullet. Yeah, I oh, think this. Pet. I predict we. I'm going to make a prediction. I think we all give it a glowing review next. That's I think we're going to. I honestly feel that none of us have expectations going into this, so it'll no. be easier to like it. There is one thing about the last trailer that makes me have doubts, but we'll talk about it when we review. Because if all I'm right. wrong, then I'll be wrong. Not a problem. I'll be happy. On that note. Boys and girls, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let your cape be caught in the door. Have a good week.